Well, welcome back to Faith and Family. I'm Andy Bates <laughs> in studio with me today, the Chancellor <laughs> of LCMSU, the Reverend Marcus Zill, and host of the Student Union on Wednesday afternoons here on KFUO, 2 p.m. What's up, Chancellor? Doing awesome. Loving being here in St. Louis in this high humidity. And, uh, no, I was just kind of swaying to the music, your little intro music there. I don't often get to be in the studio, so this is kind of fun. Absolutely. Always fun to have you in studio. And uh, we're talking about campus life today. What Being new to college and campus life is uh, is on our docket today. An interesting book that uh, just hit the shelves recently, just hit the, the uh, well, can we say shelves? It, it, it hit the interwebs. Uh, Welcome to College, a Christ Follower's Journey, uh, Christ Follower's Guide for the Journey, a second edition from uh, Jonathan Morrow. He's a, a, a D-min, M-div guy from uh, Biola, I think it is. Yeah. From Talbot uh, School of Theology at Biola. And it's actually not a, it's actually not a new book. Uh, this is a second, a second edition. edition. Yes, it, it, the second edition just hit the, um, just hit the uh, the shelves, as it were. Um, but I think the first edition came out two thousand and eight or so. But, really? uh, anyways, it's done very, very well. Very, very well spoken of by a lot of, a lot of those, especially in the apologetics communities um, mm-hmm. and a lot of the university campus crusade types. Um, <clears throat> have endorsed this book, and uh, anyways, and we'll talk about what those are and what that means. Those those uh, intervarsity and campus crusade yeah, types. Absolutely. Let's talk first about uh, what what is LCMSU and what you do. What's going on <clears throat> with LCMSU today? Well, LCMSU is the Synod's campus ministry arm. And uh, and it's a strong arm. And it is a, the <laughs> the strong arm of campus. <laughs> oh wait, you that should, means something else. You should you should. <laughs> no, but uh, no, it is it's it's uh, it's a fake university. But I am a real chancellor. <laughs> or wait a minute, no, it's the other way around. No, it's basically the name for campus ministry in the Senate. I guess we're three years around now. Um, a fresh coat of paint, so to speak, on campus ministry. Two hundred. 30 to 240 chapters at present around the country and growing. And basically everything that the Senate does for those that are uh, in college, heading off to college, et cetera, et cetera, is uh, wrapped up into LCMSU. And then the kind of the whole chancellor stick came up <laughs> when my, my boss, <clears throat> Reverend Bart Day, um, wanted to call me uh, – the director of campus ministry and LCMSU. And I said, well, that seems silly. I can't be the director of two things, but I could be like, I don't know, the chancellor. <laughs> so that's kind of that's kind of how that whole thing happened. And then it fit well with my little bump music uh, for the radio show. <laughs> now, LCMSU is the campus ministry, right? Yes, it's it is. The, it's, it's, the... it's, a, it's a synonym. But in time, and I'm working, I'm fl- flushing it out right now, the dream has always been to kind of develop kind of a virtual connective university uh, life together for our college students and call it LCMSU, even though it's not a real school. But I get, I get phone calls every once in a while 
thinking that I'm with the Concordia University system. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, I'm a, I'm a, I'm just a fake chancellor. <laughs> no, but part of your duties is going out and and visiting campus ministries around the, our church body and uh, and providing that encouragement and support to them, resources to them. Uh, what are you seeing as you're traveling around visiting campus ministries? Well, and that that's one of the great joys I have you know, almost 18, 19 years of actual campus ministry experience, and I miss it terribly, so it's always wonderful to get out and see our campus ministries. They come in all sorts of shapes and sizes, Um, big campus ministries, full-fledged buildings, everything down to uh, a small congregation trying to reach out to a local community college, and and so I love I love being able to provide that kind of encouragement and cheerleading and resources and consultation. In fact, on this trip, I'm heading out to Baltimore to meet with uh, several area pastors that want to start something at their local colleges, going to the University of Richmond. On Sunday, I'll be preaching at uh, the Con- Trinity Lutheran Church in Auburn, Alabama, <laughs> and I will be trash-talking uh, the folks up in Tuscaloosa. And uh, the day before, I'm going to meet have a have a lunch with the campus pastor at the University of Alabama in Tuscaloosa. Which time I will be surely trash talking the folks in in Auburn. How? how <laughs> I was just going to ask, how do you manage this, particularly when you're visiting campuses where there are so many significant rivalries oh, when it comes I, that's, to sports? That's what's fun, you know. I I've never been somebody that's taken myself too seriously. Which is why I like the whole chancellor shtick. But uh, no, I've I've woven. Uh, I was at Ohio State. I totally trash talked the University of Michigan. If you have Michigan alum, I did it in the sermon even. And, and, and by and trash waiting. talk, you're using sarcasm here. Yes, right? yes, you're not yes. Seriously, trash talking. No, I, I'm I'm not. But if there's a, an example <laughs> or something that you can bring up um, about something, you know, you know. Uh, Jesus was going down to the road to, you know, some place that's less than favorable and you just, you know, like, like Ann Arbor, <laughs> you know, and then they get a kick out of that. So I, I don't want to make it sound like I, I, uh, I love to preach the gospel. Um, trash talking is great, but it's not the gospel. So indeed. indeed. <laughs> so a- as you're visiting campuses, you get to see uh, those who are serving in campus ministry meet these students who are who are coming to uh, to these campus ministries to to receive the gifts to hear the word. Oh, absolutely, and that's that's really I think the biggest task, which is one of the reasons why I'm very intrigued by this book. I, I, I'll be honest, I haven't read it um, read it completely, although I am working through it. Um, very intriguing, but. Uh, I've always said that the best thing that we can do for our young people is, in my position anyways, is is to help them get connected before they even get to college. And uh, because um, we always tend to think of campus ministry as something that somebody else is doing somewhere else, and it's really a responsibility of the entire <laughs> of the entire of the entire church. And we all have a stake in this. And uh, you know, back when I was a young campus pastor, the um, kids, you know, we, we could kind of wait for them to show up to college and, and kind of corral them together and get them together. And, and now they're, they're starting to lose their faith and slip away long before they ever even get to college. And so we need to do what we can to fend the tide. And this book and books like it um, and uh, some of the things that we're trying to do with LCMSU with our college-bound uh, program that we're developing are really kind of uh, 
kind of uh, trying to stand in the gap to help make sure that uh, we can reach them and keep them connected and prepare them uh, for their collegiate experience that much sooner. Would you say this book uh, is aimed toward the, the student who's who's left high school with a, a strong, uh, bold faith, a bold confession of faith and ready to go to campus, And but college is a whole new world for them? Or is this for the student that's kind of on the edge? Um, maybe not a, a clear, bold confession of faith, or is it for, for both, for all of the students? Well, <clears throat> I think anybody would benefit from it. Um, as Even as I've been working through it, I've been benefiting from it, and it's given me ideas that I want to kind of want to incorporate with LCMSU. But the bottom line is that um, I think this is written, I mean, it's 400 pages long. If you're, if you're not going to church when you're a junior or senior in high school, chances are you're not going to read this book. But if you are basically the typical kid, you've gone, you know, one of our, like one of our LCMS young people, you've gone to the national youth gatherings, you go to your youth group, you um, <clears throat> you go to church with mom and dad, and you're just kind of like happy-go-lucky, I'm a Christian, and now I'm just going off to college, and which is, I think, most of, um, most of the folks that we would uh, have in our orb in the LCMS. Um, I think that you would benefit greatly from a book like this um, in the sense of, understanding what is it that I'm going to face. I, I always tell people, this is my my analogy, going to college is like going to the moon. <laughs> have you heard this before? I, I can't say that I have. It doesn't <laughs> doesn't uh, strike my memory at the have moment. Have you ever so been to the moon? I can't say that I have. Wow, I thought you were talented, Andy. <laughs> but, no, but none of us have been to the moon. But if you're going to go to the moon, we all remember the great, the great you know, uh, you know, uh, Buzz Art, you know, uh, Buzz Art. Um, we all want to say Ulrich because of Yes, Buzz I know here. Buzz Ulrich is sitting over here. I'm all Twitter pated about it. I was so excited to see the guy. It's like, wow, it's Buzz. <laughs> but we remember, you know, you go to the moon, you, you're ready, you're getting ready to jump off onto this moon's surface. You just don't go to the moon. You have to do some significant work to just get ready to go to the moon. The moon is a completely new atmosphere. It's a completely new it's like nothing else you've ever experienced, and yet you're going to go there. And so you have to get prepared to go there. If we were going to go to the moon, we would go through physical training. We'd do simulations. We'd do, our, we'd do a couple of years of studying. This would be a very intense experience just to get ready to go to the moon because the moon itself is going to be such an absolutely intense situation and completely new and different. And one little bad misstep or miscalculation can kill you. And so if you're going to go to the moon, you got to be ready so that when you, the goal is that when you get there, just picture uh, Andy and I getting ready and we're going about to jump out on those little suits under the moon's surface. We want to feel like, hey, you know what? We got this. We've been there. We've done this. We've done the studying. We've done our training. We've seen this a hundred times in simulation. When I, when I mentioned that, that's how I view going to um, going to college. It's like going to this. It's a completely new atmosphere, and we want our young people to be as prepared so that when they show up and they have a hostile professor day one in the classroom, they're like, "Yeah, I I expected this. I trained for this. I knew this would happen." When they have some things thrown at them in psychology class or in their science classes, they're like, "Yeah, you know, I I've got the framework. I, you know, part of the reason why I think that we." We aren't as worried as, as much anymore about, um, I wouldn't say we're not worried about evolution being taught, um, but we're, we're prepared for it better than maybe we have been.
And so our young people are like, yeah, I figure I'm going to hear about how things are X millions of years old or whatever. But where they get screwed up is in a lot of the other classes where they don't have that kind of background. And I think a book like this uh, goes a long way. And he's got kind of, he talks a lot about science, a lot about the different disciplines. Um, I do think that we have to spend time preparing our young people to know what they're going to face discipline by discipline. If you want to be a psychology major, I'd love for them to have kind of like, you know, here's a, not maybe not 400 pages, but like a 20, 30 page, here's a synopsis of the type of worldview type things that just to be aware of so that you, you aren't caught off guard when you step out into that surface. There's the key word, I think, that that is significant about uh, Morrow's book here, uh, Welcome to College, is worldview. He really aims at shaping worldview. Um, and uh, and understanding the worldview of others. I think that's really what he's getting at, is understanding the worldview of others, particularly when it's uh, a worldview that, that doesn't embrace uh, the, the truth of Scripture. When oh, it, absolutely. It, and and he understands very well. Everybody, and his background is, is that basically he went through college, if I understand right, he went through college, he's like, wow, I can't believe I... <laughs> I survived. Somebody need. I kind of had a great experience, and I figured it out. But man, uh, I really could have used something like this, and my friends could have used something like this. And so he's kind of dedicated himself to uh, to encapsulating this. I think he's he's a young guy. I actually might contact him sometime and invite him to uh, to a fancy meal at LCMSU in the Chancellor's office. But <clears throat> but anyways, no, but no, but AKA the, the road. <laughs> Um, no, but, uh, no, but you're, you're exactly right. I mean, um, everybody has a worldview. A lot of our young people, especially our Christian youngsters that go off to college, they don't realize the extent to where their worldview is, has, has kind of formed them. And so then you have this, basically this huge clashing of worldviews on a college campus and it can be a little overwhelming, Mm -hmm. um, because not every worldview, um, it's like he has this chapter here on on science rules, you know that that yeah. science is everything, and I and I, I love the ways like hey science is science is great, we love science, but it's not the only it's not the only science, so to speak, it's not the only discipline, and so uh, we want our young people to be well rounded in terms of understanding their own worldview, and also to understand the worldview of others um, that they are going to have a chance to interrelate to, not only to save their own faith. But also to help, um, hopefully, and he's very keen on this, the opportunities to witness to others. It's no secret that if we're spending all of our time trying to keep our own kids in the face while they're at college, they're probably not doing a good job witnessing to others. But if we can train them, inform them, and kind of up our game and raise the bar as they're getting ready to go to college, then they actually are not only... Uh, going to be able to do, you know, to, to be more prepared for it themselves, but they're going to be uh, they're going to be able to meet the challenge of visiting with their friends and neighbors and and dorm mates and and professors and others that they meet too to to witness mm-hmm. to the gospel. He takes he takes an apologetics approach to this uh, uh, to this shaping of worldviews. He takes an apologetics approach to several topics. You mentioned the uh, science topic. I enjoyed the uh, the 31 flavors of Jesus chapter. Um, did yes. Jesus rise from the dead? So he takes a look at the resurrection. Before we get too deep into, uh, you know, the, even some of these topics, 
you mentioned earlier uh, the, the background that he comes from. What what caveats do we need to understand as Lutherans approaching this this book? Well, um, <clears throat> I appreciate you asking that. I mean, I again, I haven't finished the whole thing. Um, in fact, maybe I'll have him on the student union when I get done reading. I think that would be a great conversation. That would uh, that would be fascinating, actually. No. <clears throat> And this is one of the things that, uh, you know, the university, and I believe he came from a campus crusade uh, from Christ's background. He makes it very clear up, up, up front. And uh, so it's like with many things, we have to understand that, uh, that they're going to come from a kind of a, you're going to hear a lot of talk that will make uh, Lutherans squeam a little bit about, you know, there's not a sacramental focus. Uh, there'll be a lot of talk about, you know, about making making choices, maybe even in your own faith like as a faith life as opposed to living out your baptism and being who you already are in Christ. And so there's a lot of kind of a decision type of a talk that comes up in this um, this kind of a book. And and so the, the, if you're if you're prepared for the fact that you know he's not he's not a Lutheran. Um, but the pragmatic things, the things that, you know, a lot of things, uh, he's done a good job of packaging a lot of the common sense tips that go beyond just just your Christian life, but also, you know, things about... Syllabus shock. Yeah, syllabus shock. Um, uh, ladies pursue real beauty, talking about dating. Um, I, I haven't read... Um, you know, he talks about taking care of your health and different things like that. Money talk. Uh, Lord knows that our young people have issues with the stewardship of a lot of that when they're in college. And I speak as one as a 19-year-old who just finished his freshman year. So, but, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of those types of things are all involved here. But I, I haven't got into his... Um, haven't got into more of, like like, the Christian view of alcohol... You know, he might have a slightly different view of, of, of you know, coming from kind of a more of a, a um, don't drink, don't smoke, don't dance, don't, I, I mean, I'm assuming he probably plays cards, but um, <laughs> but there, there's going to be some subtle differences. And the biggest one is going to be, you're just, you're just going to notice a lack of, of Lutheran ethos and a lack of Lutheran emphasis on, there will be a very, in this book, there will be a, a big emphasis on the word of God. Right. Absolutely. He but maybe not a sacramental focus that we're used to seeing. He does not come from a Lutheran worldview, sure. and I wouldn't expect him to. He's no. not. He's not a Lutheran. But you're right. I, I see a a strong regard for the Word of God. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and the authority of the Word of God yeah. in his writing, and that's important to state too. Even with uh, now, some people get a little buggy about oh, apologetics. You're trust. You're not trusting the Word of God. I don't see that at all in in what I've read so far in this book, and and uh, so. Um, you know, in fact, he uh, taught how to how to read the Bible. Can I trust the Bible? You know, mm -hmm. those are some of his earlier chapters, and I think that's really helpful because we have to understand that um, that young young people are going to show up to college. They're going to be taught that okay, that's really quaint. Your parents taught you about that. Oh, poopsie. Uh, that's that's wonderful, but we we don't need those Bibles around here, as if they're not true, as if they don't have a place at the table. Um. And I think his goal is to help you not just have this as a book on the shelf, but also to be something that you actually use alongside the other mm -hmm. things that you're learning. And he makes the point when, you know, even when talking about the, um, did Jesus raise from the dead? Mm -hmm. When talking with people who don't have biblical literacy, uh, who aren't familiar with the Bible, referencing the Bible throughout your conversation 
may not necessarily be the most helpful. So he starts with a uh, a minimal facts approach to proving the resurrection. Doesn't mean that he doesn't get to scripture, but he starts with what what he calls a minimal facts approach, looking at uh, a, a number of things um, regarding. Well, a number of minimal facts regarding the resurrection that, mm-hmm. that Jesus uh, was a real man and, and, and moves further into some of those minimal facts. I thought that was interesting. Um, you know, he recognizes other worldviews um, when engaging in conversation before, you know, referencing all kinds of scripture for someone who has no biblical literacy that. If you're quoting scripture left and right, they, they that may not be much of a well. It's going to be a, it's going to be a turn. It, it might trigger them, and it would be trigger. It, well, it would probably be a turnoff too, and it would probably might even stifle the conversation. Um, I always like to point um, to um, when I think about one chapter of the Bible that just jumps out at me, like man, this is the college campus. Um, Acts 17, Paul in Athens. Uh, going into the marketplace of ideas, um, being taken to the Oropagus. Uh, they're saying, hey, we, we would like to, you know, you're hearing, you're telling us some strange things in the town square. We would like to know what these are so that we can learn about them too. You know, what is it that you're talking about? And he he stands before them and he basically, you know, speaks of, well, I noticed, you know, in town, you have this altar to this unknown God. I know, you know, you know, you have some of your poets, and he quotes a poet, one of their poets, for the point, for the purpose of drawing them in to say, look, these are things that even you have within your own worldview, and you want to hear more? All right, well, you have this unknown, this altar, this unknown God. Let me tell you about the God that we do know. But he he kind of starts with with where they're at, mm-hmm. and I think that, uh, that Morrow is doing a good job with that here, and I think that any kind of apologetics on campus and witnessing on campus... You, you can't do the full frontal um, stand on the soapbox with, you know, scripture versus tattooed on your forehead. It, it's it's just not going to work as well that way as if you acknowledge um, acknowledge the existence of these other worldviews, do your best to try to understand them and be well-versed in them so that you can draw from them to draw. Because there's elements of things that we can draw in the realm of natural law uh, that we can draw in to bring people into the discussion so that they can see where we're coming from, while at the same time demonstrating that we take them seriously in their views too. And that was one of the points that I, I saw in his writing was, uh, you know, referring to natural law mm-hmm. in those conversations where someone has very limited or no biblical literacy. Which, yeah, and all this underscores all the more why, why in fact, I think we have a blueprint here Um for a lot of things, not only for, for LCMSU purposes, but but also in terms of our own preparation of, you know, what do we teach our kids when they're, you know, are there things that we need to um, to be teaching to our high school age youth, especially? Um, I know we have, you know, so that they can be more prepared. It shouldn't, you know, one book isn't going to cover all these little topics. Um, but I think that uh, if we're going to really prepare young people to uh, to go to the moon and step out onto that surface, maybe we need to rethink 
you know, kind of the curriculum kind of needs that we have for, for what this means for, for eighth graders and ninth graders and post-confirmation instruction. And, and, uh, and I know that in the new, uh, the new revision of the uh, explanation of the small catechism that we have coming out, that there's going to be a lot more apologetics type things. And I think a little, some understanding of some of the things that he's getting at here. He, he breaks it up into 43 chapters, which I think are, uh, the chapters aren't too long, makes it readable. You can do it sure. in, a, in, oh, a, in a year or a semester, uh, you know, to read a couple of, you know, a chapter a day, and you can do that in a in a semester easily. And, and I think he writes intelligently, but it's not too dry or academic that, uh, you know, he includes personal examples. And I, I think it's worth a read. I can't say that I agree with everything that he writes, no, but I think I, it's definitely worth totally a read. No, I would totally agree, too. And... Um, and uh, maybe sometime uh, when I've uh, actually finished the entire book, <laughs> um, but uh, no, I, I think it's definitely worth a read. I it, I've I've learned a lot just by reading it myself, and I've been living this stuff for twenty years. Welcome to College, a Christ Follower's Guide for the Journey, second edition from uh, Jonathan Morrow. We'll provide a link on our website. The Chancellor of LCMSU, the ah. Reverend Marcus Zell. <laughs> thanks for coming over to Faith and Family with me today. Hey, thanks for having me. Coming up in just a little bit, thy strong word on the messenger of good news. Listen to Faith and Family Monday through Friday at this time. Faith and Family is a listener-supported program. Your financial support is needed for Faith and Family to continue. Our address is 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can contact us on the web and download Faith and Family at KFUO.org. Worldwide KFUO, on the air, online, and on demand.